Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share their real-life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor. And I'm Michelle Scharf. I'm excited today. We have somebody that I follow on Instagram. His name is Ben, and he is a runner guy with a sign. Is that it? A runner guy? That's it. Thanks for following me. Yeah. (laughs) I saw you come across my feed one day, and I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, doesn't his arms get tired? Isn't the blood, like, moving down to his feet? (laughs) Like, you hold that sign high and proud. And I'm like... Wow. And then I started going through your entire feed and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've traveled into different countries and you carry a sign that says, I believe in you, but you do it in the language of the country you're visiting. Right. That's so cool. I don't know anything about you, but I was (laughs) like, I want this guy on because clearly this guy understands resiliency. Definitely. Yeah. Glad to be here. So tell me, Ben, what does resilience mean to you? Oh, it's everything. You know, I think we're all equally yoked in life, right? We all start out not knowing anything, being completely helpless. We work our way up through childhood. We, you have people to teach you and to help you, hopefully, and and sometimes we don't, but you just kind of figure out life and everybody does that differently and things happen, crappy things happen. Life's about learning and, and overcoming. And so if you're not resilient, if you you know, I have a hard time with that. It's you're just gonna have a hard time with life. And so I think it's the most important thing you can work at daily. So let's and, talk a little and, bit. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, and that's the point. Resiliency really isn't necessarily innate. It's a muscle that needs to be exercised. So I love that. Yeah, that you exactly. say work at it daily. So I'd love to know a little bit more about you and kind of your background that maybe takes you to this definition of resilience. And then maybe as we get going, let's talk about, I mean, you're clearly looking at helping other people be resilient. Like your sign is for others to see, but tell us a little bit about you and your upbringing and maybe lessons of resilience learned along the way, maybe through childhood or young adulthood. What does that look like? So when I was about three and a half, I'm living in Australia, born there, six other sisters. So there's seven of us. My parents kept having children until they had a boy. (laughs) <laughs> just keep going wait till he shows up that's funny so learned a lot from you know growing up with, with a bunch of sisters they you know took pictures of me in dresses and things like that so that was always fun it's always I fun when it. I bring those out <laughs> come play Barbies but, with you know us. I had a parents passed away in an accident at age of about three and a half and oh my goodness I'm so sorry some, you know we had family around right we had uncles and aunts and grandmother but based on the situation 
um, we ended up getting actually taken in by uh, supposedly, you know, good friends of my parents. I think the mom had gone to school with my mom, nursing school. And they, Did you they all had a stay deal together, all of you children. Yeah. Well, wow. so when that happened, my oldest sister was in college. Okay. I'm the youngest. And so you're we ended up with, with, yeah, we ended up with that family. And you know, right before I turned four, and um, they turned out to not be the nicest people in the world. They, oh, no. you know, were abusive physically. And we went through a lot there. And, and about the age of 10, was able to get out of there. And and by that time, so we, when we moved there, my next two oldest sisters, other than the oldest who was already out of the house, um, moved out pretty quickly because they were older. And then by the time I we left there at age 10, it was me and my next two oldest sisters. And so we we came to Utah because that's where my oldest sister was. We're, we're members of the LDS church in Australia. So we had a connection uh, there, but she was uh, in Utah and she had gotten to school out here and um, gotten married. And so I kind of came out and stayed with, you know, the in-laws, her in-laws. And my sisters came a little bit later and we were through LDS social services adopted, uh, oh taken in goodness. by a family at age 10, but, you know, officially adopted a couple of years later, but we, I, I gained a great, amazing set of angel parents at that time, and also a brother and another sister. Okay, so I imagine that's got to be a, I mean, you sink or swim, you learn a path of resilience through your life experience, right? Can you tell yeah. us, so you're adopted and you're just 10, 12 years old, right? You're younger by the time, you're an older child, but still fairly young. So, And, and going through stuff like that, I mean, just like going through anything, crappy in life uh people you know respond to it you can respond to it in two ways you can either go one direction or the other right yeah so and and we're not always every day we might be going other directions and we might bring ourselves back but and it affected all of us differently right at different ages sure. and, and different things but you know it, it wasn't a great time there's there's times in my life you know going through that and and really feeling alone and feeling you know because we living with that family they they would keep us from our like our older sisters would be kind of living around the area and would hey can we take you to the beach and things like that and they would call to find out and they would they would never tell us about those calls they'd shut those calls down they'd keep oh, no. us isolated and and you know you go through all of those things and at the time they're terrible and and life sucks and you know especially as a young kid I'm really knowing the difference I remember my parents a little bit I have flashes but being that young uh, didn't necessarily have anything to compare it to. Sure. So kind of relying on my older sisters and they, they, they did, but yeah, going through that, I, I look back at it now and I wouldn't want to get rid of that experience. Right. I mean, I, I feel like it was such a benefit to go through that, that I understand things so much more deeper now and appreciate things on a much you know, deeper level that if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have that experience. Yeah. So now I look back at it as a, as just something I treasure that I have the experience, not that I had to go through it because no one wants right. to go through something like that. I think you've touched on so much. What we talk about a lot with resilience is you don't have to necessarily love the life stressor or circumstance, but you can treasure the lessons and the growth that you've chosen to let come out of those very difficult and even ugly circumstances. And that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. The, the tool of resilience in that lesson is that we get to make the meaning of that. So why not make it a positive lesson? Why not right. take something we can put that parameters really, on it? 
why not take something really negative and reframe it to make it a strength for ourselves? Okay, so before we get into the sign and the fact that you're helping other people be motivated and build resilience, I've got to ask you, have you always been a runner? I am not a runner. And so for people, like, I don't necessarily run around town, let alone run around the world. So where did running come into your life? And what, I imagine maybe that helps with physical resilience, mental resilience. What's the role of running in your life? Yeah, it's huge. So no, I wasn't always a runner. Um, I went to play basketball and football and stuff like that. But I'd never run more than a mile, like the mile they make you run at school. Sure, the mandatory minimum. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, there's times where I, you know, ran it as fast as I could and I would get a, you know, a pretty good time, but I hated it. Right. I, and most people that you talk to, they hate running. They don't like, what's the point? You just go out and run and it sucks and it hurts. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather do a hundred other, other things. So you're speaking no, my I, language <laughs> back in. So 2006, we moved out to Eagle mountain. And I don't know if you're familiar with Eagle mountain. There's kind of like two areas. You have like the city center, which is farther out on the other side of Lake mountain, you know, where Utah Lake is there. And there's, a northern kind of other part of it called you know the ranches and other part so we moved out to the city center part which is kind of out there um, an extra 10 minutes and got to know our neighbors a street over and i went over to his house one day and his wife was there and said hey he's not here he's out running 18 miles and i thought what kind of what crazy guy kind is of crazy that? person <laughs> is out running 18 miles on early on a saturday morning like that's gotta miles. be the worst thing in the world yeah. so i thought you know, it kind of sparked my interest but in, in becoming friends with him and talking to him. He's like, hey, you got to you got to run with me. And I thought, oh, I can't run that far. And, you know, and he's like, no, let's just go on like a two mile run. Like I've never run that far before. You're like that alone is too much. <laughs> I think actually by that time, by the time I moved out, I ran a 5K once and thought I was going to die. Yeah, super accomplished. So, <laughs> so he got me out there and halfway through, I'm like, we've been running for a while. How far have we gone? He's like, oh, it's, you know, it's been two miles. We got to turn around and do two miles to get back. And so he kind of tricked me, but it turned into a, I like being competitive, especially, you know, in those kinds of circumstances. So I thought, you know, if he can do that, I can do this. And so he got me running. We ran together. We trained for a half marathon. How long ago was this? This was back in like 2008. Oh, a while. Okay. So you've been running for a while. Yeah. When I ran, I think the the half marathon or the first marathon. No, I ran my first marathon in 2008. So this was like 2007. Okay. So this has been a minute. What? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm 43 now. I was a lot younger then. So what role does running play? To get me into it. Connect running to resilience for us in your life. Yeah. Psychologically, when you get out there and you're consistent at something um, and you get past the first few, you know, a couple months of being, you know, like, oh, this sucks. I'm out of shape. I'm not in shape yet. Once you get into running shape and you do it consistently, you know, there are days I'd come home from running. What's funny is 18 miles, right? I, I get home from running 18 miles. Um, I clean the entire house, right? I, I, I feel like I could do anything. It really helps you, you know, running before work, getting a good run in, feeling good, running with a friend, talking to somebody, you know, about everything and just feeling good. It just helps you feel like you can conquer the world. Because if I, you know, if I ran whatever amount of mileage or whatever this morning, or I ran a good pace or whatever, it just, it makes you feel like you can accomplish pretty much anything that you, that you want to. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's hugely physical. beneficial for your emotional, spiritual being as well as your physical being. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, huh, Michelle, with the connection between your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. we only take care of the body, or we only want to focus on the the emotional, mental, well health piece, 
without recognizing the connection that the physical running has physical benefits that spill over into the mental and then vice versa. So tell us about this sign. When was the (laughs) time you first said, I'm going to carry a sign with me on my run? No. And I remember this because I wrote it down. It was back in 2019, I think is the year where I started getting the idea. So you ran for well over a decade, just running with friends, running by yourself, running marathons, staying in shape. And then this sign idea comes up. Yeah, it was, I'd I'd run races and I trained for races. I got kind of tired of the regiment of it. Like, hey, if you're going to run this marathon in September, you have to run xyz you know tomorrow and this week and what i kind of got tired of that so i stopped running races and just ran because i loved to run right so i moved to like three days a week i'd run however far i I wanted to and and that was great and so i think at that point right i'd kind of done gotten into running i'd run all the races i I graduated to the point of um you know i I have a lot of pretty good thoughts sometimes you're out running um this could be you know you're doing any a lot of other things physical but you get kind of in the zone, you get those endorphins going, you get lots of uh, great ideas or ins- inspiration because you're out by yourself. And I started getting the idea to like, hey, because I'd watch people pass me and I see their face and think, man, people are in a hurry, they're in a rush. You know, it's I, I remember like I've been working from home since 2013. But I remember what it's like to drive into work. I know what it's like to, to drop off kids at school and be rushing around. And I know that a lot of moms deal with a lot of that and all the things that they deal with every day. And you see that going on. And, and I, I just had the thought, like, I, I could do something or I should do something to to help lift people up. But I didn't know what it was at first, right? Like, what am I going to do? Like, jump out in front of the car and wave my arms? Yeah, or, how, know, how can, can I possibly I do? help people I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> right. When I'm running and I, because I, I thought this is the only time some days that I'm, I get out and I'm out and about. So I want to, I wonder if I can do something. So I had the thought. And then in 2019, I think in the fall, I had the idea like, hey, I should have a sign. So I got home and I was really excited about it. And I wrote it down, which the note I still have and just kind of said, hey, I'm going to you know, run with a sign and I'm going to try and get other people to join me. And if they can't run, we'll just have gatherings on street corners and see if we can get this to become a positive trend. Right. right. But then just like I'm sure anybody can relate with it, you have a, an idea and it sounds great to you in your head. <laughs> and then as you go about your day and life creeps in, whatever, and then the doubts creep in, right? Like, oh, no one's done this, right? No one does it's this. It's so funny that we do that to ourselves. Yeah. We start to tell We're ourselves. the only ones staying yeah. inside there. I want to come stand on the street corner with you and hold up an I Believe in You sign. I love the idea of that. You started you this. Definitely join me. I'll invite you. But yeah, I'm not running. But yeah. But. <laughs> I will cheer you on. I will stand and cheer and I will be the most excited person. I've done a lot of that with campaigns. But you started this around the same time we started our podcast, fall of 2019. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I didn't start it then. This is when I was getting the ideas. Oh, okay. <laughs> so how long? Let's, so well, let's take a break. It went on for three years. Let's take almost. a break for a minute. And then when we come back, you can tell us how you went from that idea on a quick note paper to, hey, you're making this happen. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, Ben, tell us, you've got a piece of paper with an idea, life happens, gets in your way, doubt creeps in. How do you go from that first concept on the scrap of paper to, hey, I'm going to get my sign and go? Walk us through that journey. Yeah, it's it's a lot of things, but I think the main catalyst was the, the COVID situation. Right. In 2020, sure. right in March, everything shuts down. Uh, we love to travel. Um, I like to go to sporting events. I like to, you know, we, we like to do a lot of those things. So all of those things went away. You had the lockdowns, you have the, you know, the mass and the quarreling over mass and the political things. Sure. Very um, divided. And, yeah. And you get family members, you know, arguing over stuff and we had a family member pass away and oh, just no. pretty, so sorry. oh, thank you. It was, it's pretty just, you know, weary time, right? I found myself yeah, just hit from a lot of angles. Yeah. So that, that year, 2020 and 2021 just kind of felt after that, like I, I don't feel inspired whatsoever. Um, I hope they don't ask me to speak in church. Yeah, because I, I, won't I don't be have the most anything to say. Yeah, I don't have a thing to say to anybody. And why should anybody be listening to me? And I, I don't feel like I have anything, you know. Really? So I, I was just kind of, I've never felt in my life like, oh, I'm depressed, right? I deal with depression. But I think if, if any time in my life, surprisingly, it was that time. Because I just, yeah. you know, like everything was fine. Job's fine. Family's fine. Everything's stable. But it was like an emotionally, spiritually weary time. Yeah. And I just thought, just one day, I was just like, you know, like I need help. Um, I said a prayer. I think, you know, they did ask me to speak in church. And that was. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> a week or two after I had this thought, like I got asked to Don't speak. Don't ask I'm me thinking, to speak oh in church. Oh my gosh. Like, I do not want to do this. But I had a couple of weeks to prepare, which I've never had. And I've never put effort into it. Like, you know, really preparing. And so I, I said a prayer. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I just want to feel different right? Nothing yeah. happened. The next day I went out and ran. It was a running day. And then I got a mile into my run and then I got hit with like forceful inspiration, right? Like you've got to do that idea. Really? So it came back. Yeah. And I, I'd have it from time to time every month or so, but it was like, you've got to do it this time. Like, don't ignore it. Stop putting it if off. You do it, you'll have something to talk about. You'll feel better. Right. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it this time. I'm not going to let any thoughts creep in and let it talk me out of it. I'm going to do it. And so I said, so I'm going to give myself, you know, four or five days and I'll, I'll do it next Tuesday. And so I set the date and I still had the doubts uh, the night before. I, I still hadn't made the sign or anything. And I'm sitting there like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. People are going to, you know, what are they going to think? Are my kids going to go to school and get crap about it? From the, yeah. What's your friends? dad Like, doing? oh, your crazy old dad's running around like he's nuts. Right. So, but I did it. I, I got the sign put together the night before that morning I got up and I had the sign. Like I 
I just got to grab it and go out the door like, and, and stop worrying about it. But... And did you just make the sign like you and a marker and a piece of poster board? Yeah. I love it. I did. I asked my wife for poster board, which she had um, upstairs, and she has a craft room. And I took it downstairs, and I did. I took out a marker, and I was trying to write it and thought, Hannah, this isn't going to look very good. I'm, I'm not going to do a great job. So I printed out the letters and cut them out and taped them on. Oh, very nice. And, yeah, that was my sign, my original sign. Eventually, I covered it in tape to make it waterproof, but it got pretty beat up and it was pretty ragged. It's it pretty was... high key. I like yeah. it. I mean, high yeah. level. I like but that. It went, it went well, right? Like all, it had all these fears like, man, I'm so nervous about this. Part... So you literally just started running with it. You're now running your 18 yep. or however many miles holding a poster. How does that change your did, run? Yeah. And did you start holding it like lower? And then at some point I've seen you, it's over your head and I'm just like, I don't get it. How do you <laughs> stay? How do your running? arms hold on to that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you stay balanced? Yeah, How do you great stay... question. I plan to hold it about yeah, my chest where you know if, if you're running, your arms are kind of moving at that level. Yeah. Hold it there, right? It's pretty natural. That's what I plan to do. When I saw the first car, I I just felt like holding it up. Oh, just so again following that instinct. Yeah, and it, it felt good. It was like you know, and they honked and waved, and it was like that. That felt good. That was cool. And so just every time. I'll, I'll run with it chest level, but if there's people that can see me, then you carry it up. Probably my direction, right? Then I'll hold it up. Sometimes it gets hard though because you get one, two, three, four, five, twenty, thirty, forty cars. In a row. Yeah, how do your arms do that, and how do your legs keep moving? It's rough sometimes, especially that first time in the first few months, getting your your lungs and your cardio to handle it because you know that extra load. Yeah. Right. You get sore in places where you're not used to getting sore because. Well, yeah. Even though the poster itself isn't super heavy, it's a totally different angle. Well, then you can't move your arms. Even if they are chest level, you can't really move them with your stride because you're holding something. Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. And I I turn a little bit as people go by sometimes. And so I've had some hip issues, but I eventually got (laughs) killing your poor body. (laughs) Where have you been? Where has this poster and these runs taken you? Oh man, to a whole new place. <laughs> Even after doing it for a couple of weeks, I thought, you know, I haven't really heard a whole lot from people like, hey, I saw you, right? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of still doubting. So I was like, should I keep doing it? What should I do? But I, I haven't stopped doing it. But I started getting a lot of feedback because people started posting about it in groups on Facebook. And then I started getting people, um, you know, texting people that I know and and or some people even show up at the house when I'd be running sometimes people pull over and they get out or you know they roll down the window and talk to me and I started getting all kinds of feedback and I I felt like it was important but I hadn't really you know up until that point gotten a lot of validation that like hey people appreciate it but when that started a couple of weeks in it's it's been non-stop I have non-stop stories that it might just be a little thing like hey it turned my whole day around like I was feeling like crap right I saw you and it turned my day around, but a lot of them too are, you know, really serious things. Like, you know, it saved my life. I was going to take my life and I saw you and And it talked me out of that. So it's in all all things in between. Yeah. It's, it's not like my life wasn't crappy before and it hasn't like completely changed my life in in a lot of those different ways. But as far as like just feeling, you know, a, a purpose, feeling inspired, feeling, remembering that, yeah, you know, there's a lot I can offer to people. There's a lot of positivity and a lot of lessons 
that I've learned. If it's only just one person that didn't right. take their life, like it's Look worth how it. valuable. No kidding. And, yeah. and even if you never know about it, but the reality is, is that the people you probably help the most, you'll probably never hear from. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just the mm-hmm. silent yeah, I, I totally changes. Agree. Yeah. I feel that on our show, we, we get feedback and we get people reaching out occasionally on episodes, but I know that even when we don't hear, it's like, it's okay. Cause I know that whatever we're producing is meant for somebody. Yeah. And, and I don't yeah, have I to know that. who that is. Like, it's so, okay. So Ben, you said you would start to see, I mean, obviously if someone pulls you over to the road, gives you feedback or someone texts you because they know your personal phone number, how did you start to connect and grow the presence online? Which of course can have a much greater reach than just running in your neighborhood. Yeah, I got, that's, that's a great question too. It's about six months in, um, I had been thinking about it. I thought about it right away because I've, I've done a lot of things in social media. I've run like e-commerce stores and things like that. I know how to market things, but I didn't want it to be that. I didn't want it to be a job. I didn't want it to be something I made money at. I didn't want it to be something that became a chore. I wanted it to be purely, you know, just doing good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to promote it on social media at first because I thought I don't want people to see me promoting myself thinking, Oh, he's into himself. He's just doing this to get attention or, you know, some kind of benefit behind the scenes where he's, you know, working with some deal that eventually he'll make money or whatever. Right. Like I didn't want people to think that because I thought that would ruin it. Um, but eventually realized that, you know what, I've, I've got to take it to social media and and promote it uh, to spread my message. Like you said, I, I can only run so many places like people around Eagle Mountain and Saratoga Springs uh know me pretty well uh, they may not be able to recognize me on the street but like you know if they heard oh you're the guy with the sign yeah I, i've seen you or i know you like pretty much everybody knows about it uh, but that's that's only you know tiny bit of utah tiny which is a tiny bit of the country a tiny bit of the world i want i realize how important the message is and i want it to go everywhere i want everybody to see me or see someone like me or you know benefit from somebody doing something nice because the the butterfly effect of that is, is enormous. So Absolutely. I started, I started, you know, I'd never been on Instagram really. I had an Instagram account that I never used. Um, I would post to Facebook, like we go on vacation and I have sisters on there and just, you know, kind of post like, Hey, this is fun. We did this. The kids are doing this, whatever. But I started an Instagram account, you know, like started a TikTok account, YouTube, a bunch of different things, just trying to get, you know, I don't really care if I get a billion subscribers or, or views or whatever, but I, I just want my message out on the platform and I'll do my best to spread it. But, um, I, but, you know, like you were saying, if just one person sees the video that, that speaks to them and it benefits them, then it's worth it. Yeah. So I started really pushing those things and, and Instagram, I think right now is you know, the thing I've focused on the most, but, um, yeah, I just I realized that at one point I had to I had to do that to spread it the way I want to spread it. Otherwise, it's just not going to get outside of this area. Yeah, that's so amazing. I have been following you, so I also know. And I reached out to you. I don't know a couple months ago. Just didn't we didn't connect, and we didn't we weren't able to make it happen back then. But I have since noticed, unless I'm seeing an older post, that you had an injury. Yeah. <laughs> I did <laughs> another opportunity. I don't have those often. That was frustrating. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something we're, we're talking resilience. We can talk about because right. I, I I was thinking about that when I saw this. I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. He got injured right after <laughs> I 
reached out to him? Like, what? Yeah, it was about a month and a half ago. Yeah. So happened. what, what went, happened? Yeah. I just, I went for a run. Sometimes on Saturday, I like to go out to different areas, like different cities. So I thought, you know, I'd never run up in Salt Lake. I'll go run up. I'll start about, you know, downtown conference center area. And then I'll just run up to the U where I used to, I went to school for a year up there. So I knew the area and then I'll run back, you know, back down. And so I did that and it's a lot of hills. And on the way back down, I, I felt like I had pulled my Achilles a little bit, strained it. But it was just kind of minor. And then it's like, I just kept going. I'm like, I got to finish this. Otherwise, I got to walk back to my car for two and a half miles. So like, I'll just take it a little bit easier. But by the time I got to back to the conference center where my car was parked there, it was, you know, I was limping. And oh. then thought, okay, I've done this before. I've strained my Achilles before. I just, I, I'm off of it for like a week and a half, two weeks, right? Ice it. It hurts, but I get back to it and then it goes away. So, but luckily my wife said, hey, you should go to the doctor, which I don't very often. I said, you know, that, that's a good idea. Let me go to the foot doctor. And, and then they, they uh, x-rayed and looked at it and said, oh, you have a bone spur on, on that foot. So, you know, part of it might've chipped off, might've aggravated it. And, you know, minimum, you're going to be off of this for six weeks, can't run for six weeks. And I thought, that sucks. That's oh, terrible. Man. But they that said, yeah, terrible. it could be worse. How often, yeah, and- when your feet are healthy, how often are you running? Like how many run days in a week? I run three times a week. I okay. run like Tuesday. So six weeks is like Thursday, 20 Saturday. runs. I mean, you're that's mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, and usually I'll run like five, six miles, uh, sometimes longer. But my shortest, I'll run like five or six. Oh, wow. So what was that like, getting the news that you're down and off of it for such a long time? I thought, you know, being in the situation that I was in, right? Like, oh, this motivational, inspirational guy that's gone through all these things should be no problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, laughing at you only because I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Uh-huh. Like all the trauma and the hard things in my life have prepared right. me for anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, or some people could look and be like, well, you know, it comes easy for you or whatever. It right. doesn't. It doesn't come easy for anybody. It no, really doesn't. it doesn't. No, it's so true. It's, you take it's, away something so important to you. You can't do it anymore. And it's kind of just out of nowhere. It's it's hard. I have all these plans. I wanted, you know, the, the gatherings that I talked about in the corners. And I've done, I, I did one last year and I've been getting together, trying to get other runners, you know, and we have a group of people that want to run with me. And I thought, okay, well, I can't run. So I'm going to make a lot of progress on all these other things, right? I'm going to put together these events. I'm going to, I felt so demotivated. Like I still was posting to Instagram and things like that as as much as I but I was just at the end of every day, I felt so empty and like demotivated. Like I, I can't do what I love and I know what I love to do. Like benefits a lot of people, you know, it benefits me a lot. I get a lot mm-hmm. out of it, but there's a lot of people that benefits as well. And I, I can't get out and do that. And I, I went out and like, you know, would walk around with the sign a bit or, you know, sit somewhere or stuff like that. But I just felt like at a loss, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not dealing with this. I'm dealing with it okay, but like, this sucks. (laughs) I didn't think it would affect me this much knowing what I know now, but it did. It it was, it was definitely hard. Now it ended up not being super serious. And so it was only six weeks and I I started running again last week. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm back at it. Now I'm out of running shape though. (laughs) Right. Because that's a lot of runs to miss. Of course you are. I'm building it back up. Well, I think that this is amazing and 
I have some contacts, but you know what I think you should do is reach out to some media and get some media coverage on this when you have your first corner event with people with signs. Because I think it's such a great message and it's like everybody could do this. I mean, it, runners could do it or or family members could do it. They could take their kids out on the corner of the street instead of political campaigning signs. It could be like, hey, if we believe in you or... um stay stronger yeah just whatever, motivational right? things just, yeah. like what if yeah, we just change the yeah. world through motivational sayings of people taking a little bit of time out of their day and doing and something it, positive rather than you know yeah. having just the negativity of the world beat us down I yeah love I, it. I appreciate that advice as well because i I've, I've been wanting to do it and wanting to do whatever but i think my main problem is like i hate it's the same reason why I didn't start social media right away, sure. right? Like self-promotion. Yeah. I probably need somebody to just okay, be over the head and be like, let me promote it. I'm going to promote it for you. I'm going to promote <laughs> it for you. I'm going to reach out to my contacts uh, at, at KSL and, and wherever else. And I, we've got to get you some coverage because I love your message. I literally came across it th- scrolling through just random feed. I was bored one night and I oh, saw cool. your sign and it said, I believe in you. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I wonder what this guy is doing. I wonder what this is about. And I started to read and I, you know, then I went to your site and went through all of them. You have done this in other countries, though. You you have done this on vacation. That can be a scary thing because you don't know with cultural differences what's going to happen. So we all know Americans are, you know, can do funny things and can be loud and, you know, in your face or whatever. Right. And it's fine. Yeah. But if you go, you know, so, I, so I've done this in France. I've done it in Spain now. And you just wonder, like, if they see this guy running around, what? how are they going to react? Right. So, and you're in a place like Paris or, you know, Madrid or somewhere like, I don't know anything about the culture the area. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I know the culture a bit, but you just don't like, how are people going to react? Like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm in a really, you know, populated place. So those days are went out in those mornings, like I, I still get nervous sometimes when I do you know, things from time to time or speak or whatever, but going out and running in a, a new place in a new country, uh, I get pretty nervous, but it's, it turned out that, you know what, it's been the same so far. Uh, I'm sure there's countries out there I'll get to eventually where I might run into that cultural barrier a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Japan in the fall. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I know that they're much more concerned about, you know, not making waves and not, you know, standing out and things like that. So we'll see how it goes there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so incredible. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back and uh, wrap up our conversation with you. But I, I love what you're doing. We're going to take a break. We'll be Thank right you. back. back. Ben, do you have any specific story of a person that you've inspired through your running? I have about a hundred million. <laughs> Good. Let's, let's share a few, maybe I love share a few highlights yes. today. My little treasures. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they are. If you feel comfortable sharing just one story with us of someone that you've touched, that you feel that you can share their story, um, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. So actually, um, 
I've been trying to convince people to do what I do. Now, my goal in, in convincing people to do good, I, I want them to do good things, right? Not everybody can run with a sign or not everybody, you know, wants to or whatever it is. Um, it could be whatever your unique way of doing it is. I want to inspire you to do that. Um, but I, I get, you know, extra, extra joy out of it when it's someone that wants to run with the sign because I know how hard it is. Um, so about, I think it was last June, um, a guy, um, his name is Chris, and he lives out in, in city center. He had seen me running with my sign and he'd been going through, I think he'd had COVID four times and he used to run and he's just having a hard time physically and emotionally and work is kicking his butt and he saw me. And so he, he posted on a, a group. Uh, it's not a city sponsored group, but it's, you know, like a city group where a lot of us live here in just, you know, talking about that. And I responded to him and said, Hey, I'm excited. You know, other hearing about other runners that's, that have seen me, do you want to run with me? I'll come run with you. And, and he said, yeah. And so I did. And I made him a sign, gave it to him. And he has been doing that ever since. Um, he's been running with the sign since that. So about a year now. Oh, that's awesome. And he's, I mean, you could, you could probably tell it better, but um, when he, he talks to me or shares it with other people about how it's completely changed his outlook on life, it's given him his why, right? His reason uh, to, to, to go out there and, and you know, sacrifice uh, and, and have some pain and <laughs> some inconvenience to let people know that, you know, he believes in them as well. He's, it's completely changed his life as well. So I, I get a lot of kick out of that. Um, I think the most impactful story that I can share really quickly is, is, you know, one of the people that, that pulled over on the road, usually the people that pull over, um, on the road, um, you know, or, or touch very deeply and, and so much that they want to tell me right away. Right. Mm -hmm. And at first I thought it was kind of scary that somebody pulls over and then I'm thinking, okay, it's probably like a police officer, right? Like when you walking up to a car, like what are their intentions? Um, I'm, you know, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what's going on, but, um, every time it's been great, but, um, I was down in Lehigh running, somebody pulled over ahead of me and could tell they wanted to talk and got closer and, yeah, you know, a guy it was in tears, and I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, you know, I saw you. It's you know, it's affected me deeply, and and uh, you know, I'd met with my therapist yesterday, and I I just kind of given up. I, I decided I was going to end my life, oh, and wow. was driving around, you know, thinking it um, through, and um, pretty much when he was feeling his absolute lowest is when he saw me, and that that affected him so much that he's like I'm I'm not going to do it I'm going to battle I'm going to he's dealing with you know uh with really you know bad uh, physical issues and things like that but he's like I'm going to battle through that um and is still battling through that now and I think that was the first time I had heard that kind of story right yeah so I kind of, I had a couple of miles left. It was a long run, but I, I kind of lost it. I was running away from there. Just kind of, I was overwhelmed that, you know, somebody uh, would be affected by it that much, right? It's the first time I'd heard that. And it, it I, I had a hard time finishing the run. Uh, I try to keep a, at least a non, 
grimacing face on or smile. I try to smile sometimes. Sometimes it's hard, but <laughs> at least not hard to do that when you have like tears streaming down your face, right? Yeah. Like now you've been impacted me, by the person you, you impacted. You mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that vulnerability it, can create some beautiful shared space. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and being a guy too, right? You're always like, well, I don't want to. I'm the tough one. I don't want to necessarily show my emotions, but that 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 touched me so deeply I, that um, I knew that there's no way, like, no matter what happens, I've got to keep doing this. Period. I can't. I'm not going to use injury or whatever as an excuse. I'm going to keep pushing this no matter what. I love that. You know, really, your purpose, your mission is quite similar to ours. We started this podcast because um, we I had sh- stories to share that I had heard from people while in politics, and they were hard stories, big traumas, big life hurts. And I just thought, you know, they carried me through losing my spouse. And I thought, you know, I mm. just don't feel like we all understand that we're all struggling it's everybody. Yeah. I'm not alone in this. Right. I'm alone in what I'm currently in, but I am not alone in humanity that we are all dealing with so many hard things. And so um, the purpose was to share the stories in order to let people know everybody's struggling. We don't have any idea what other people are struggling with. Right. So maybe give a little bit more room on the road. Maybe be a little kinder in the grocery store. Maybe... You know, just give a little bit more room and space for others. And I love that because you're creating you're creating the message that is an opportunity as somebody is driving down the road and maybe thinking of pulling on into an oncoming car. Maybe I don't want to do this. Right. Maybe somebody else out there believes in me. Maybe the world isn't dark and gloomy as I think it is. That glimmer of hope. Mm hmm. I'm curious, it. Ben, I'm curious about your wife and kids. Do any of them run with you? Do you ever have <laughs> them standing at the corner with the signs? Do they think you're absolutely crazy? Like, what's the family dynamic of this? This is a bunch of your time if you're taking multi-mile runs you know, three or four times a week. And then kind of the social media presence. What's your family's take on it? Yeah, that's that's funny. I don't think anybody's asked me that so far. Um, my wife's very supportive. She She's not a runner. Uh, but she's she's great. Um, recently, just maybe for my birthday, she made me a version of my sign that's um, a really cool, you know, weather-resistant material that I can roll up and, you know, I can bring on you trips. You moved and up from like the that. poster board with packing tape? Yeah, so that's I bring the poster favorite. board sign. I have to roll it up. It gets kind of ruined when I take it on on trips and things like that. Yeah. So now I have a, a, a version I can do that, but super supportive. Um, I, I always extend the invitation to my kids, like, hey, come run with me, right? But most of them now are teenagers <laughs> and you, you have the, you have the worrying probably of like, how am I going to look right? I don't like running and all those things. My youngest though, she's eight and she wanted to make a sign and she's gone out. So I've gone out with her when I was injured. I, I went out with her and walked around with, with our signs together. Um, she'll go out at night, um, you know, kind of evening and, Hey, I'm going to take my sign around, you know, with a friend and she'll go around the neighborhood block or she'll go to people's doors and knock on the door. So, you know, being a young kid, um, you don't have those reservations like you, know, you have when you get older. So it's like, I'm just going to do it, you know, yeah, and that I, boldness. I love it. 
I love yeah. it. That is I, so I think we have a lot to learn from family, kids. family environment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so they're all supportive. Um, they, it's fun. They tell me, you know, my friends. What was my son telling me? He's like, hey, I have, we we're talking about colleges. And someone's like, oh, there's Weber State. I'm like, oh, I'm at Weber State. Oh, it's, you know, crappy school, whatever. And then my son's like, well, my dad went to Weber State. And he's like, oh, your dad's cool. Weber State's cool. Whoa, you redeemed the university. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> when my daughter went to school, she they were doing like a moto, like how to rebrand. And she applied. And her thing was, uh, it's just Weber. Oh, it's just Weber. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah. but then there was like positive takes yeah. onto it. But anyway, it was funny. That well, this, this has been personal. great. And I love seeing so many connections today. You've connected your own childhood and personal experiences to wanting to help people around you. You're connecting the physical aspects of running with the emotional and, and mental benefits of, you know, just the physical rush that it can give you and help you kind of have that frame of mind where if you can, if you can run 20 miles, you can definitely get the dishes done today. So I love that, but I appreciate you being willing to share hope. And I think that's a huge piece of resilience. If, if you can't see something in the future, if you can't be hopeful about something positive ahead of you, then that resilience is, is just dead and a huge piece. But, but, but I think it works conversely too. If you can just hope, if all you can do is hope for something that can be the spark that can build resilience. You can hope that maybe tomorrow will be better than today. Hope that your sign might, might bless somebody along the road or hope that maybe your kids are learning something from your dedication, your determination. I think hope and resilience are just so interwoven. And I think that's what your sign is. It's, it's a physical demonstration of hope and you're not just advertising hope. You're sharing hope. You're giving hope. And I love that so much. So thank you for what you do and the people you continue to impact. And I'm with Michelle. Let's see this grow and expand. And um, it'd be fun to stand at a corner with some of those posters and cheer people on as they're just facing life. Yeah. And it's a blast too. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining in and, and hearing Ben's story. And hopefully you've been motivated who knows, maybe some of you listening will start running marathons. But even if you're still not a runner, maybe today could be the day you find a way to share hope where you take the tools of resilience you've learned and offer some of that positivity to a perfect stranger or someone else in your life. So thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll continue to join us each week on these episodes. Go find us and like us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating and a review. It helps us make this show better and it helps other people find the show in the first place. And remember, whatever you do today, remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles others are dealing with in their life. Have a great day. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Ben. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.